I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 156 of Shades of Brown. Now available as an NFT. Oh my god. God damn it. <laughs> Listen, this entire podcast episode will take as much power as a Tesla Gigaplant. And honestly, that's something I'm proud about. You know, you could be the fine owner of this non-fungible token pod. Pod token? Pod token? Pod non- token? I token well, however but it's going to be I don't know I, I, let's charge what's a fun number you know people is like 69 420 you know let's bring back 1337 you know I feel like well, let's bring back you know, this will be available for 1337 ethereum um I don't know if any of that means and honestly non-fungible sounds like like a kind of virus you'd get you know what I mean like whenever I hear non-fungible it just makes you think about fungus right and like mushrooms and shit no no offense to mushrooms of course if you're a mushrooms listening you know this is not meant discriminatory towards you as a mushroom person but you know what I mean like fungible is just like I don't know I don't yeah, know fungi. Just, yeah fungi it's fungi yeah yeah is, yeah cuz you know like imagine uh, like with the you with the um, venture capital bros right so you're like yeah bro let me take a hit of that blunt yeah, you know, we got this non-fungible token. Like, no, like it's just that, that sounds like some Burning Man shit, and I'm personally not here for it. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, a product that got discontinued by uh, Apple. Uh, so they 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 announced this on uh, Friday, uh, as you do with these kind of things, because uh, late Friday is when you announce bad news, right? Because uh, you hope that nobody's paying attention. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, Apple discontinued the the original, the the home, the big one, the HomePod. Uh, this one was uh, as as uh, can talk about it because he has one. Uh, probably the like one of the few people that have one. It's like how much was it at launch? Let's talk about that. Like how much was the price? Like, I forgot what the I price- said four hundred because I got Apple Care on it. So it was basically four hundred with tax. It was three fifty, right? But I did buy the warranty and stuff on it. So yeah. So four hundred four hundred dollars uh was too high for something like this. And uh I think functionally it didn't do anything useful, right? Be- well no, that's not true. The functionally it because of because how bad Siri is and how bad like just like dealing with Apple's voice assistant is that it kind of felt like a, like a like a beta product right like it didn't feel like i think at the time it was just sort of like yeah this is four hundred dollars but it's not actually really worth four hundred dollars even if you count like the like the apple taxes it wasn't like worth the like it wasn't providing enough like the sound quality was good but it wasn't like good enough to justify just buying this four hundred dollar speaker Right, like I feel like maybe it's just not, and and the ideal configuration was also like you had you had to have multiple of these, right? Like you'd have you'd spread these out, right? Like it's sort of like a surround soundish sort of configuration, right? Like was that the ideal demo that they did? Uh, I don't remember, uh, but yeah, like audio st- automatic stereo pairing and stuff. Yeah, but then, then, could you imagine like you're buying like 
I don't know, like eight hundred dollars worth of speakers. I mean, there are people who do that. Like, let's make something clear. Oh, no, no, there's that's no, no. I'm getting. I was getting to. I was getting to that. I was getting. I was like, yeah, you buy eight hundred dollars a speaker, but this is. This feels like if you buy eight hundred dollars a speaker, you're not buying an, uh, a HomePod. Like I feel like if you're in that category of market, you're not buying a HomePod. Like I, I feel like that's not the space. The HomePod, that's the space HomePod was trying to be in, but you know, it. I don't think it could really be that. Uh, like it, it didn't really work that way. So the pricing was was not workable. So. Uh, so it's discontinued. Apple said that uh, it will, like, it will discontinue it. It will like uh, be available as long as supplies last through the various Apple channels. Uh, and uh, any any HomePod customers who have uh, Apple Care uh, will get support for hardware replacements. I'm assuming and like the software updates, right? So. Yours, like, I would assume, like, if, if you bought this when it came out, the Apple Care on it is probably almost done. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's two years. Yeah, this thing's out of warranty now. I mean, ultimately, though, and knock, knock on wood here, nothing's bad happened to the speaker because it's been <laughs> working. I mean, it is a speaker. Like, speakers can last a long time. I think that's the, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I've never, like, dropped it or anything. It's, it's literally just sat on a shelf the entire time, which is what, you know, it should be as a speaker. And, I mean, and, and, and to get to, like, the real, to the real point here, does it so uh, the HomePod? The HomePod is actually it's like another thing that I um bought recently. I got a MagSafe Duo charger, which is a foldable wireless charger. And you might think to yourself, why the fuck did you get a foldable wireless charger? I don't know. It looked cool and it was on sale, so why not? And does it work? Yeah. Does it feel nice? Yeah. It, should anyone actually buy it? No. Does it have any other use versus other products in a similar category? No. No. Am so I happy with this though? The sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the HomePod, right? Yeah, because like, like the, the the HomePod still sounds amazing. Like, there's objectively the speaker still sounds great, and that's ultimately for me. Like, I think I don't remember what podcast episode we talked about. It had to be like twenty thirty something because I got it back in twenty sixteen. I'll try and find it and put it put it in the shit in the show notes. But basically, the gist of it was because I knew that back then was Siri going to be bad on it? Yes. Was was it going to was it going to be shit for anything other than saying hey blah play music? Yes. What did I want to get the speaker for? To say hey blah play some music and does it has it worked consistently great for that for the past four years? That's, yes. So that's the thing, right? Like I I think Siri on on the HomePod has since improved since its original launch, right? Like like it has marginally right not compared to the google assistant that like like if you're trying to buy a smart speaker because you want like smart functionality you don't 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 even get a home pod mini in that case like the home pod mini is tolerable because it's 100 bucks but um like the, it's really not it's really not i'm sure apple's trying to bill it as that but it's really not you know what you should get it for it, it's like the the airpods max right like if you just want like good wireless speakers that or wireless um, headphones rather that sound amazing and also you know, will work well with your phone. Like, that's why you get it, knowing you're probably getting a little bit ripped off. It's the same sort of thing here, where it's like, as a speaker, for 300 bucks, you probably couldn't find anything that sounds better. But given for the package it was being billed at, it was, a, it was an abject failure there. So I'm not... I'm What I'm more or less curious about is how software support is going to look like. Because right now, it's hinging on AirPlay, not changing. It supports AirPlay 2, which is relatively recent. came out two years ago, I think. And... And they are pretty good about pushing software updates. Like the old airports still get patches now and then if like something have pops up, right? 
Like even those airport routers are not completely SOL to software updates, even though they haven't been sold for like half a decade. So I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not worried about this turning into a brick. What I'm just more curious about is like, do they just say, okay, just to make sure we don't fuck everyone over, do we enable Bluetooth on this? Because that's Bluetooth built in. So do they allow it to be used as a Bluetooth speaker? Because that's ultimately what they, I think they should do. Like keep AirPlay on it, right? And there will be a point where I imagine like AirPlay 3 will come out in like seven years from now, right? With lower latency and stuff, right? And maybe the hardware just can't support it because like some audio codec decoding stuff, right? That the A8 and it just isn't fast enough to support. So if you just enable Bluetooth on it, then you know that I'll be fine with it. I mean, will it be marginally less audio quality? Like sure over streaming directly the wi-fi file is it enough for anyone to notice audio nerds no no don't get at me don't don't start talking to me about lidac and aptx and aptx hd and stuff <laughs> right like it's not it's it's really not it's marginal differences at that point and and it, having it enabled as a bluetooth speaker means well i could keep using this for like 10 plus years and never have to worry about it you know which is like, so my question is so like if you're talking about the home pod mini uh so home pod mini at uh $99, right? Uh, what is not $99, right? Is it $99? It's $99 in the US. Uh, yeah. So the HomePod Mini, like, I feel like if the Siri uh, integration has not improved significantly, like, aren't you, like, still better off buying, like, a Sonos speaker? It depends on what you need because the HomePods also serve as home hubs. So if you use HomeKit stuff, right? If you use HomeKit stuff, you please don't want you buy an Apple TV at this point, right? Like two hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. for a 4K box. Yeah, no, no, no. No do, one do should buy, buy that. So, do like, if say for example, um, because you can get routers, right? Like the Eero I have, in theory, will be the older ones had support, and they're waiting for recertification to get certified for the Eero sixes for um HomeKit. So you could use a router as one if you have a router that supports it. But I imagine that, like, especially for you, your ubiquity routers will never get HomeKit support because that's really not what they're built for. And so, so you could use like a Home uh, a HomePod Mini as like a hundred dollar HomeKit hub if you have a bunch of smart things, right? So you don't have to use like buy like a Thread Beacon or buy like one of those Zigbee like beacons or whatever, right? If it's all on Home, if it's on um, HomeKit, then it would all you just use that speaker for it to do the processing and to manage the devices. So that's still a reason to get one, even if the smart speaker stuff is not great. Because I, I mean, I also do for a hundred bucks. Like I'm more okay with you know it only being able to play music because the HomeKit, home, rather the HomePod Mini, still sounds good as a speaker. Um, I, I mean, you could tell, and, and more you could tell is that it's the the bass isn't as powerful. Where the the big HomeKit has far more powerful bass because it's a far bigger speaker, but. But I, I think the the home HomePod Mini is a lot more acceptable for the price. Whereas like three hundred bucks on a consumer speaker, like you you gotta you you have to be me and only care about like the, the music quality and not anything else around it to actually justify that. It's because I, like this this week too, Sonos announced a new speaker. Uh, like there, I think this is the cheapest speaker yet. Oh yeah, the the, the the wireless one there, yeah. the Sonos uh, Roam, uh, which is one hundred and sixty nine dollars, right? It's it's it's. All, I mean, it's that's not the same product. It's not a similar, like not quite the same product as a HomePod Mini because it's supposed to be like a portable Bluetooth speaker, right? It's supposed to be. Like, well, it also works over Wi Fi when you're at home. It's, it's it's like yeah, so it's like it's not like quite the same thing as the HomePod Mini, but it's like almost there, right? Like you could put that in your home and use it as a speaker like that, but it also like. It's not going to integrate with HomeKit and and stuff like that. Right? Like it's it's uh, it's I think it's meant to be an entry point into the Sonos ecosystem. Uh, well, also not- too, the HomePod Mini has the U1 stuff in it, so they're in theory. I think there's been like um, if you pull apart fourteen point five, right? There's been some notes that like 
they're going to be like you one finding of your devices, right? It's where it could like, if you ask your home pod where it's at, it'd be like, you know, oh, it's in this, this other room because I can tell PSF that you want proximity stuff. So you have, so there's like a couple of those things that'll probably come with it. But, but I mean, those are like small benefits. Those aren't like main appeals for buying the actual speaker itself. But honestly, when it comes to the smart speakers, as long as it's we're talking about under $100, right? Which is like under $100, you probably should buy the one that works the best of your phone. Because, I mean, if you already have like a Google phone, like, I mean, is it really a one step forward to get a Google Assistant device if you're like already, you know, actively using a Google account there? Ditto if you already use like a bunch of Alexa stuff. Like, the, the, the call on privacy there is probably like to get the speaker at all versus not, then to say like build out, you know, of what kind of speakers. Because once you've crossed that bridge, you've already sort of been. You're in the in in the there's microphones all over my house land. Okay, so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about my, Microsoft. Speaking about Xbox. ripping and tearing, that's bad. That's a bad segue. That's a, I, I had to find something. Oh, ripping and tearing. That's that's uh, it, uh, it, uh, yeah. So uh, the uh, Xbox the the Microsoft acquisition of Zenimax. Uh, was approved by the reg, uh, the regulatory agencies. Uh, so, uh, there was an announcement regarding, like, like, uh, like what, what's going to happen going forward, right? Like, so yeah, Phil was... Spencer had a live stream with Todd Howard. Um, so I guess actually we need to talk. Is Todd, is Todd back on your acceptable persons list? You know, you, you had a thing for Todd and then it was kind of like, fuck Todd. Now it was like Todd a thing again. Like, what, where are we sitting at here? I, I have, I have, I have no, no, like, opinion about Todd, to be honest. Todd sort of, I forgot that Todd existed, to be honest. That's even uh, worse. That's the worst kind of breakup. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it wasn't memorable. So you just kind of, like, forgot you even you were with that person. You know, that's like, that's worse. That's worse than ending things harshly. Because at least then you're like, damn, I fucked up and I can improve. But when it's like, yeah, I just got ghosted. But like, hey, what do you do? But, but hey, we got get Oblivion on, on Game Pass now. So let's, let's talk Listen, about Oblivion's it. great. Do not talk shit about Oblivion. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about Oblivion. But yes. Uh, so their Xbox Game Pass is going to be getting, uh, 20 Bethesda games. Uh, so you, we are getting, um, Dishonored and Dishonored 2, the Doom games, right? Uh, Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, and also like the older Doom games. Uh, you're getting Fallout, you're getting Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout. Actually, no, Doom 2016 is not coming to Game Pass. No, Doom 2016 is left out of this list. Oh, why? Yeah, I don't know why. That's, yeah, but yeah, just uh, just for clarity's well, sake, to prevent some follow up. Yeah, okay, Doom why? Why is Doom Eternal there, but not Doom twenty sixteen? So right now, I have a feeling. Um, right now, Doom twenty sixteen is available on PSN Plus, I think. So maybe there's some licensing stuff there that's like you know they can't do it because of like a distinct deal with Sony. If I had to take a guess, like let me, yeah, I think this one's PSN Plus. You know what? I, you know what other game is not on here? Fallout three. Fallout three is not on here. Um. Maybe like to take for music. Yeah, maybe like this is the weird thing. Like some there's some weird missing things. Like Fallout Three is missing, right? Um, there is Prey on this. There's Rage Two. There is Morrowind, uh, Oblivion, Skyrim, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Yes, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, there is Fallout Seventy Six, Fallout New Vegas, right? Uh, Wolfenstein in New Order, Wolfenstein Old Blood, and Wolfenstein Young Blood. So all the new of Wolfenstein games, and the Evil Within, which is the I forget, I forget what the Evil Within is 
uh, ZMX property. Um, so yeah, so the, the so those are the games that will be coming to uh, Game Pass. They're already out on Game Pass. So it was available on uh, Friday. Uh, so are all of these like available on Xbox and PC, or I think that some of these are not available on? Yeah, I think the ones that have PC versions are available. Um, although looking to, yeah, no, it's not. It's actually it's oh, not, uh, new new, Ve- new Vegas is only available on console for some reason. I, I well, I, I imagine I it's just because there's not a Windows Store version of it, right? Like that's the thing about the Game Pass games on PC. Yeah. There has to be a Windows Store version of it because you can't like you do it through Steam. So right, I imagine they right. probably they have to like get someone to port it to the Windows Store SDK, and then they'll be able to do Game Pass with right. it. Right, and like for example, the Elder Scrolls, the Morrowind and Oblivion and Elder Scrolls Online are not like Morrowind and Oblivion are available on console and PC, and Elder Scrolls Online is only available uh, cloud and console. So I guess cloud means X Cloud uh, and console. So on yeah, because ESO is also its own launcher, right? Bethesda has their own launcher, so. See, this is like sort of the stickiness of it. P is, um, oh, there's one podcast I was like to where um, they had a developer on actually talking about how you get games on the Game Pass. And it is like a specific SDK you have to rebuild your game with, right? To actually get it Game Pass compatible. It isn't as simple as like, you know, just having Microsoft whitelisted in the store. There's a little bit more work behind the scenes. Uh, P is asked to be like, you know, delivered through the Windows Store, the Xbox Store, Microsoft Store, whatever the fuck they call it nowadays, and, and done through there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, so that's that's the thing, right? Like it's 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 that's not like Doom twenty sixteen not being here is is really the weird one to me. Yeah, actually, I double checked too. It's not on PSN right now. Like I'm confused. Maybe is it maybe it's a part of the PlayStation collection you get with the PS five. Like let me see if I can pull maybe it back. I don't like maybe there's some maybe they didn't couldn't finish the maybe they couldn't finish the uh, Game Pass integration in time for this announcement. I don't know uh why i mean they they did it for like the older doom games like doom and the newer one like doom eternal guys is there uh so i i i i'm not sure what's going on there but i would imagine doom 2060 is probably coming at some point i don't i don't see why not um uh, and i imagine fallout 3 is also going to come at at some point in the future uh so i mean but yeah so all of these games are you going to be playing any of these I mean, I've already played all of these, right? I mean, a majority of them. I since I did pick up Morrowind again. I started, pay, you know, playing a little bit through Morrowind. I mean, the thing is, like, the like this is what's wild about this is these are like objectively like this is a good list of games. Like, if you uh, Evil Within, I've not played, but like, if you, Rage is not a good game. Let me actually sorry, I'll, Rage I'll, 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 I'll two, yeah. back. Rage, yeah, Rage two is not two a good is game. Not, it's not a good. But for the rest of these, right? If you were like, would I have a fun time? If I picked up any of these games, I'd be like, yeah, you know, all of these would be worth checking out. Um, fuck Fallout seventy six, but besides that, the rest of these would all be worth checking out. I would definitely be like, you know, that seems like it's it's a play. You'd have a fun time with them. I mean, I, I yeah, I can I can recommend like I can recommend the Dishonored games, uh, especially I, I like the first one a little bit more than the second one, but both of them are pretty good. Uh, Prey is Prey is good if you like like an immersive sim that's horror themed. Uh, it's also another arcane game. Uh, Wolfenstein, personally, I only recommend uh, the New Order because that's the only one I've played. Actually, I haven't played. The old blood, and I haven't played uh, Young Blood either. Uh, I had the old blood on. Um, I had it as a disc. I got the. I got a disc, a two disc set with um, New Order and the Old Blood. It's basically like um, a short prequel to the New Order that plays in the same same engine, same oh, playstyle. Is, is it the one with the with the zombies? Is it the zombies one? Yeah, 
Yeah. It's oh, the oh then one. I have, okay. Then I played it. Okay, I forgot it. It was. It's not the sequel to the uh, New Orleans. To, it's, like, it's like it's a little short prequel thing to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I played. It. It's fine. It's 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 just shooting zombies. It's not particularly anything interesting. But it's it's you know if you just want to like play want to play something on the weekend, like it's perfectly serviceable. Um, like Wolfenstein: The New Order though is is pretty good. Uh, Wolfenstein: Youngblood is the new, latest one, and I. I have not played it because when I saw when I saw it, and I still don't want to play it. Is the the RPG they made they made it an RPG esque? But I mean, the thing though, right? The, the the argument here now, which I think is maybe will go to our broader point in a moment, but you could try it out. And what's the loss, right? Like if you already like for me, like I'm paying for Games Pass because I, I have an Xbox. Like why would I have an Xbox while paying for Game Pass? I just buy a PlayStation at that point. But you know, like I I'm I could try these out pieces of that. And I mean, like you've also. Like, I know you don't consistently sub the Game Pass, but I know every now and then you'll try it out, right? Because I think that's how you did, um, what was that game called? The Crusader Kings. That's how you tried out Crusader Kings before buying it, right? You just paid for a month of Game Pass on it. So, I mean, that's like, that's the appeal here. Because it's like, you know, we, you're not, you're only paying at most 10 bucks. I, I still want, actually, I, I, I know we said Rage 2 is bad, uh, but I still want to play it a little bit to see how it plays. But I know it's not good. Like, I know, like, I've seen enough reviews of it to see it's kind of, Average okay, so best. it's it's Rage Two is fine. It's not bad, right? It's fine. It, it is the it's it's the perfect Games Pass game. It is. Don't please don't pay sixty dollars like me for it. But you know, if you're already playing Game Pass to play Destiny, like yeah, you know, might as well Let's check out some. I'll take out Rage. Like you can only get my the only thing you can waste is your bandwidth with Rage Two, right? That's that's the, that's, the nice thing that's here. That's true. Uh, Doom Eternal also. Uh, I I think it's I, I have my reservations and i don't yeah, I think we've talked enough those. about doom eternal but still uh, worth checking out still still i think a pretty good game doom 64 uh, very good doom 6 this is the good oh, doom i haven't 64. played any of the older ones i've only played 2016 and eternal um, well i mean doom 64 plays like an old doom game but it's still a very good game okay so fallout i i, I personally like i haven't really played fallout uh i know you played fallout 4 and fallout 4 was uh Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, both good. Um, I think 4 is still... 4 is kind of flawed, but it's still one of my favorites. Morrowind. So, Morrowind. I, I, when I was checking out Morrowind, I'm like, damn, I forgot how much this game has aged. Because I haven't played it since, like, my on my buddy's original Xbox when I was a kid, right? It's an Elder Scroll game. You know, you, you still have all that stuff in it, but it's like... it's you know, you know it's like a real old game when it doesn't even support widescreen, right? It's like forced to be 4 by 3 you know, I get arbitrary resolution support on it. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's an old game. Oblivion, though, and actually, this is something, too, that's actually pretty interesting about some of these games. They're also getting FPS boost, um, which I don't think we've talked about yet, but it's a part of, like, piece with um the new line of consoles. And I, I imagine Microsoft will probably roll out the PC, like, once it becomes, like, more stable on console. But the idea of it is, okay, you have a game that doesn't support arbitrary frame rates, which, um, unfortunately, sometimes happens on the PC side of things. And especially for older games. And so they're like, without modifying the code, how can we double the frame rate? So basically, they're just taking advantage of the fact that, you know, all these games have supported DirectX forever, right? And they're all written with native APIs. So I imagine they're doing like some Apple Rosetta style shit, right? Where they're just modifying it in like real time to run at double the frame rate. It's also how they do like auto HDR. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very it's a very clever hack, right? Like the way that I forgot that I think Digital Foundry maybe had a video on this technology. Yeah, Watch Dogs 2 support, now runs at 60 FPS on my Xbox because of this. And it actually like works very well. It's not buggy. You know, there's no crashes. It just 
seems like a native 60 fps game that's 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 kind of yeah that's that's a very interesting like dishonored uh and prey and the and skyrim and fallout 4 and fallout 76 will have this right uh fps boost and this FPS boost thing is uh, obviously not all games, only those, like right now, because it has to be done. Like, you have to test it, right? Like, you have to be QA'd, just... yeah. You got to QA the entire game. Some games, right, they time their um, physics the engines loop, to, the, the to, physics loops, yeah, yeah. towards um, frame rate, right? So if you start doubling the frame rate, you might get the game running at two times speed, which is very spooky. Like, you might run that sometimes with two, like, emulating old games, right? If you, like, tweak some settings and emulate it wrong, it'll start running at double speed. Yep. Yeah, like some uh, older games used to do this, where like the the frame rate is basically like with the way the game measures time. Basically, right? I remember like, did a Total Biscuit like do some PC port reports where like Need for Speed games you unlock the frame rate or something, and everything would just start breaking in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this used to this used to be a problem uh, in the early two thousands. I would say I don't remember, but like it, yeah, it, this is this is one of those reasons like when this was back when like PC, PC and console architectures were different enough that like pc ports would be a little bit weird and jank right like it, it was just a whole different time so you'd have stuff like if you if you unlock the frame rate for two from 60 fps or 30 that you would get like weird uh issues with like the game engine running like things being out of sync because of the way time is measured or whatever like i, I don't this is, this is a little i'm very i'm simplifying it but if anybody wants to talk about it can send us an email about what well i mean i feel like the main reason if for the reason you did this right is that you know that like if you have a nintendo 64 right or a ps2 you're never going to get above 30 fps so since you know that 30 fps is what you aim for to uh, i imagine is like a part of cpu optimization keeping physics in sync with the frame rate most likely nets you some optimizations right on lower powered processors i would, I would probably think so yeah i would like that seems like the most prob- probable reason like it is almost definitely a technical reason to do that. I don't think developers want to limit, and it's obviously they have stopped. Developer most developers don't do that anymore, right? Like with modern game engines, you do not do that, right? Like more than that, like I don't remember the last. Like it's been a long time since I've seen a game that has had frame rate. Tied Horizon to- Zero Dawn on the uh, PC is a little bit weird, right? Okay, they but that was built. They fixed but, yeah, most like, that of was it, built for the PS4. That right? one was built for the PS4 specifically. That one is a little weird. The, the Decima engine was uh, was made. Specific, it was not built for PC. It was built specifically for the PS4, uh, and it it got like ported, and it, it did get like a lot of the issues with the Horizon Zero Dawn PC version got fixed recently with the, with an updates. Uh, so if you're if you're looking to play the Horizon Zero Dawn on PC, now is now is a pretty good time uh, to get into. Uh, so yeah, so that's like the, the Bethesda and, uh, like Zenimax and Microsoft situation. So I would assume Game Pass has become a lot more, a lot, lot better. Game Pass, oh, it did. And also, uh, something about exclusives that, uh, Phil Spencer mentioned in that, in that press release was that the only very vague, only like he said, some game, some upcoming Bethesda games will, be xbox and pc exclusive what well, the exact phrasing though is that he says he wants to get these games exclusive to game pass right for their xbox and pc players and i think that phrasing is is important because i feel like and it's never going to happen right but if like nintendo went to microsoft and they're like yeah you want to put game pass on there phil spencer would be like hell yeah <laughs> right like i think he doesn't actually care if if about it being xbox or pc exclusive 
he only wants like games like Starfield or the you know the new Elder Scrolls game, whatever those come out, right, to be Game Pass exclusive. To be on Games Pass. Phil Spencer Phil Spencer only has one thing on his mind and that's Games Pass. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like literally like this this is not a joke. Like it's actually like Phil Spencer I feel like the way he thinks now is just like can we get that on Games Pass? Like that's the play. Well, Microsoft. I mean, Phil Spencer looks at like the Office team and Azure, right, and like how much money they pull in just for subscriptions. That's all Azure is. Azure is a subscription service, right? Azure is basically Games Pass for cloud computing. And then you know, like Microsoft three five is three six five is like Netflix for fucking productivity. I don't fucking yes, know. that's a bad much, example. Pretty much, pretty but much, yeah. <laughs> but like that's all they care about because it's just there's yeah. so much more money to be made than versus PC lock people in, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so that's that's the play. It's it's all about games pass. Um, so let's 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 talk about uh, um, let's talk about um, the Asus ROG Phone Five. Oh boy, um, there's been fucking five of them. There's been, there's been actually, no, no, actually there's been no, four, four, four because they skipped a number. I think on the, in the in the, the I think four is like a which actually is is a good launching point for this. Four is I think a bad like a like a bad luck number like how thirteen is over. Yeah, that, in, that um, might be. Yes, I, actually, I, I think I that's should, what I've heard about it. That, but that's, yeah, but that, that I think it's true. also a good launching point because the immediate question whenever you think of Republican gamers, smartphone is who the fuck is buying it? And I think as I mean when you talk about it on Mastodon the other day, I think it's not North America. Like I, I think this, the, I think the reason that this this these are being sold in North America is because they already ship graphics cards here, and it's not that much more work, right? To just go ahead and put a couple ROG phones in in the in the box with the Zephyrus laptops and shit. Right, right. So, so let's talk about this phone. Right? Like it's 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 like I think it's worth talking about in the sense that it it is it's a niche that it's, it's 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 for somebody because somebody is buying these and it's, it's useful to somebody like or maybe not useful maybe maybe they think they need it but maybe it has like some sort of use case that we don't we're not really thinking about so specs wise right uh it has so eight eight eighteen gigabytes of of ram that that's that is uh quite absurd for a phone Right, like it's it's actually like kind of weirdly, like it's just it's like what do you, like what does Android do with that kind of RAM? Like I I, I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, it has a Snapdragon eight 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 as as expected. It has a one forty four hertz, of course. Uh, two forty eight for by one eighty OLED display. Um, uh, it has uh, five twelve gigs. Of storage and a six thousand milliampere hour battery. I'm gonna complain about these specs for one minute. One minute. That's five hundred and twelve gigabytes of UFS storage. Come on, Asus. You know what gamers want? Gamers only want one thing, and it's fucking NVMe. All right. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> you can go back to reading the specs. That's yeah, okay. So, that <laughs> uh, so there, there is, uh, there is an in-screen uh, fingerprint reader. There's a headphone jack. And there are two USB-C ports uh, and front stereo speakers. Um, cameras are like as our technical article mentioned an afterthought. Like, uh, like uh, this is not a phone that you buy for the cameras. Uh, obviously, this is uh, there's a 64 megapixel Sony sensor and a 2 megapixel ultra wide, a 5 megapixel macro camera, and a 24 megapixel front camera. I'd assume the the ISP on this is probably just bargain bin ISP stuff. Nothing, nothing impressive, right? Like this is gonna be just. This is not. The cameras are not the focus of this particular device, right? 
Like that's that's not why. Like it's it's just like those cameras are there because it's it's like a one thousand five hundred dollar phone, and you gotta have cam like a bunch of cameras on it. Like that's just just that's where that is. Um, so the, yeah, that's also the thing. The price, uh, one thousand five hundred and forty five uh, U.S. dollars or one thousand three hundred euros. Um, so. So it is. It's it's expensive. It's 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 not like if you're buying this, you're you're spending, you're spending money that could be spent on a gamer laptop instead. I feel like I used to a gamer laptop. Uh, but you know, uh, if you if you need the phone, you need the phone. So you got the battery, the six thousand milliampere battery. It's like a dual battery design, right? It was just interesting to me because it's like two separate batteries, right? Like separated by like some like other components in the middle. Uh, and like it's it's like a the design means that you can like charge them like sort of in a different way. Like I, I'm not exa- entirely sure, but like it's, it's kind of interesting. So there's the screen on the back. Like that's, I think this is the most interesting feature of this phone to me personally is the, um, uh, is that an LCD? I think it's, those are like a, that's a small LCD. Uh, I need to go like a monochrome OLED strip. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. So it's like a little more, like it's, it's either it looks kind of cool. Like it can display like, uh, you can display like various status messages, like accessory getting plugged in, calls, incoming charging, X mode enable. I don't know what X mode. I mean, is. I mean, honestly, what where are you gonna put on that screen is your fucking handle, your gamer tag, bro. That's what you're gonna put. Everyone wants to know when I'm out vaccinated, firstly vaccinated, out at the club playing some PUBG Mobile, playing that. Lo- this is this passes the Love Live All Star School Idol Festival test, bro. I want everyone to see. XX Doki Doki 420XX on the back of my phone. This is this is the Genshin Impact phone, you know. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta bust it out. Actually, can I can I take an aside to say something really funny about Genshin Impact? So you know how games, right, will put like random build numbers in the fucking bottom corner of of them, or like something that's aside as on, on a side on the side. I fucking hate that. Like it's no, please let me turn that off. But. Genshin Impact has been burning in OLED screens because it's blinding. It's like pure white, the text for the build numbers. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's that's that sucks, but also at the same time, that's hilarious. That's also I have another aside piece. While you were going over the specs of the phone, I was looking up why don't Android phones use NVMe? And so I found a slide I found a slideshow from the Flash Memory Summit. I'm gonna go ahead and actually send this to you from 2015. It's a little slide deck. That's 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 research, and um, it's actually a proposal from Sandisk to try and get NVMe. Of course, Sandisk would in um, yeah. and in mobile yeah, devices. And right. apparently, part of the reason is that UFS is actually um pretty on par. Three point one is pretty on par for read write speeds. But like looking through it, um, NVMe seems to have better random IO versus UFS. But UFS, could- yeah. But how much do you care about random IO on a phone? Like that's that's my question is how much is I mean isn't it all random IO on a phone when you isn't it like all random IO or do I do I not understand memory or storage right That's a good question actually I, I'm not 100% sure on that I was going to say something because I thought I thought what is like sequential sequential's good if you're like downloading stuff right but you what really benefits is random IO because like in theory like floating games right sequential would make more sense but then at the same time um if you want random IO that would basically be like you know if you're opening an app for the first time right it's going to go ahead and just find that easier on or faster rather. So it looks like UFS 3.1 and NVMe are kind of a draw, which is sort of why Android phones have not moved to it. Also, Qualcomm, Qualcomm does not support NVMe on the SOC level. 
Ah, uh, of course. Yeah, I mean that's probably the main reason <laughs> at this point. Um, so yeah, this is uh, uh, this is a found. Sure is like it's it's. Uh, I I don't think this is one of the things I don't think it looks bad. Like from a physical design perspective, I I think it looks pretty good for what it is. Right, like I like the way the back is designed. The lines. Look, look, look fine. Um, I think the two USB ports are, uh, interesting. Uh, like, I feel like it's, it makes sense for what, what kind of product this is, right? Like, if you have, you have one port that you sort of have it plugged in to the bottom. So you like playing it in a sort of a controller based setup, right? Like, you could like sort of mount it somewhere. I feel like, right? You could like a stand or something where you're playing games on it, right? Like, you could have it, uh, be plugged in. Uh, and there's also like, apparently, I forgot what the brand name is, but like, it's like a battery thing where when you plugged in, it, it puts in a mode where it uses the power directly from the, from the cable, from the cable coming in and not the battery. Like the battery just like, like battery gets, if the battery is full, it doesn't get charged. Like it, it just uses the power, like it redirects the power directly to the phone. It's like some interesting technology. Like where. Honestly, that's actually a very, actually, I think it's a, that's a very gamer idea. Like, I don't think I would want this, like, as a regular consumer feature. I think it makes sense for this specific phone for what its build is, but that makes sense for, like, you know, when you're, when you're, for two things, heat, right? Because if you're not charging the battery, then the phone's going to stay a lot less cool because the SOC is only thing getting heated because it's taking power directly from the cable. Like, this, they're, they're like, it is, like, they put this, whatever, there's a, I mean, there's a cooler, uh, uh, physical cooler add on, right? Uh, the Aero Active Cooler 5. I mean, actually, I, I have, I have beef with that. They could have gone hard for harder, I think. Why is it not liquid cooled? You know what I mean. Listen, where it, would the liquid go? Your bag, would the li- your your, ba- your bottle of Mountain Dew. Come on! Oh my god! Code I, red I, liquid cooling. I, god! Oh and, my god! Uh, they could they could release a Baja Blast version of this phone. Of course. Um, like the uh, there's the game Genie function where you can like put the you can map like on screen controls to a controller, and I think that's pretty. cool pretty clever right like i think that's like an actual an actual useful feature if you're playing a lot of uh a lot of phone games right and you're playing like genshin impact for example that's the example screenshot in the in the in the verge article uh like if you're playing uh the mobile version of genshin impact and you want you want to play with the controller you can, you can like map the con- like the controls to controller right through the, through this game genie uh functionality which is i think pretty useful uh, like that is like this is not a throwaway like this is not just a branding thing right like they actually like somebody actually thought about the functionality of what you would do if you made a gamer right which it makes sense because this is the like the fourth one of these so i feel like like they they are iterating on it like they they are making it uh making it better in whatever ways that whatever that means um i i i still don't understand who this is for even if you say it's the asian market like 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 who if you're buying this like why like what what is this doing for you other than like the sort of the, like the features like the game genie stuff like what is this doing well i mean think of it like this right you have a beefed out desktop for the reason of that you work and do and play games on it right so you and you will get one that maybe in most senses, if you have for people who have multiple computers, maybe not be you know make sense, right? Like if you had a game, if you played games on your Switch or your PS4, right, all the time, it'd be it would make no sense for you to get a gaming PC with this much PC you already have. You can you can split that up, right? And so I think the the idea with these phones, I don't know how well it executes on it, but the idea is well, 
we look at a market where people only have smartphones, right? Where really it's not like laptop, desktop ownership. You know, they might go to like PC bank cafes, like in places like Korea, right? Or they might, you know, there's other ways that they may interact with PCs, but it isn't that like each person has a laptop, tablet, and a phone, which is far more common in North America. And with that, if if your phone's going to be your only computer, you don't get the mini model. You get the biggest one you can get with the most amount of specs in it, right? That's that's probably true. Yes, uh, that's that's yeah, that is that. That's the thing that that's the only thing that makes sense is that if you're if you only play games on mobile, like or rather if your only device, like if you if you play video games and your only computing device is a phone, right? And you're really into phone games, right? Like you really like you play Genshin Impact a lot, right? So I'm using Genshin Impact as an example, not necessarily because it's the only big mobile. Because you also you don't need you don't need this phone to play Gacha. Gacha's made a run on two hundred dollar Android phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotchas are gotchas are not like they're not using a they don't need the Snapdragon 888. Um, also, before someone tweets or sorry, tweets at us, tweets whatever they call it nowadays. Yes, I'm aware. Ganjin Impact is also a gotcha game. That was I'm just he's just a joke. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's the, also, I mean, get, get, got for a gotcha game, Genshin Impact is more resource intensive than your average gotcha game. Like I would say that that much is the case. Uh, but also, if you're like playing like PUBG Mobile, right? Like as you mentioned, or like Fortnite, or I don't like you know there are a lot of other games on mobile. Call sure. of Duty Mobile, uh, sure, sure. Love yeah. Live, School, Idol Festival, All Stars. Sure. Yeah, if you're like if you're like hardcore into like mobile games, like and you only like you don't have a desktop or your only like Windows PC is like a laptop, right? Like I, it, yeah, this 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 might make sense. Like even at even at the price point, it is at like. You, you could probably justify it, uh, but yeah. So this is that's the uh, Asus ROG Five Ultimate. Oh, so no, the ROG question 4. is: Are you going to get that phone? No, what? <laughs> I mean, isn't this... your motherboard's Republic of Gamers? Aren't you? Aren't you already on? Haven't you already submitted your Visa application to the Republic of Gamers? Oh my God, my monitor is is a Asus ROG monitor. Um, I forget sometimes because do you feel radicalized is... as a gamer when you look at your oh. monitor? Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I will give Asus one thing, and I, this is the thing I've, like, this has gotten better over the years also, is that Asus's, like, ROG branding division is actually pretty good. Like, it's not, like, whoever does, whoever does, like, the brand identity and, like, the colors and, like, design stuff for Asus ROG is, like, surprisingly good at their job, and it's not, like, exceedingly, I mean, like, it's, it's ridiculous, not, but they lean a, into it enough that it isn't tacky, right? And, and it's it doesn't look bad, in my opinion. Like if that's that's I don't know, maybe maybe their marketing is getting to me. But like, I mean, I we've literally it, talked about every single ROG phone, so they pretty much have. It's gotten to both of us. Yeah, I, I don't think it looks bad, and I think Razer products look bad. In some of them, like I think some of the Razer products look bad because they look tacky, right? I, I don't think and the they also ROG, fall apart if you look at them the wrong way. Yeah, that's that too. Like it looks tacky. And Asus, but Asus ROG feels a little bit more, like, a little bit less tacky, a little bit more muted, and, like, it's more about clean lines, and, like, yeah, sure, it's, like, bright, it's, like, the red color they're going for, but it's not, like, a obnoxious red color. It's not, like, the obnoxious green that Razer uses, right? Like, so it's all, like, I feel a little bit more, 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 it feels a little bit better to look at in general. So I'll, I'll give Asus their, like, the Asus ROG design people that do but i think we have to talk about the most important thing here which is the update story of rog phones 
you might think to yourself, wow, this phone's spec'd out. This means it could run a lot of future Android versions. Mm. <laughs> how, uh, how, how well do you think Asus updates their phones? Mm, probably not very well, I would assume. At this if point. I, I believe, and I'm trying to double check, but I believe the last Asus phone only got one Android update. Oof. That's the thing, right? That, this is the thing, right? Like, this is the problem. Like, if you're buying this phone, this is, a, this is an investment. You're spending, like, nearly, like, like uh, like half one and a half USD one and a half K USD on it like it's it's not a cheap cheap device uh, and I feel like you'd expect it to last a little bit like you'd expect it to get more updates than just that uh, I mean this phone in theory you know could run many ramp piece the thing is right what's normally limiting something from running future software updates probably system storage I would say if it's compromised there RAM right you know um, this phone I It'd be a long time before 18 gigabytes of RAM becomes the norm. And this is a phone that if you buy, I imagine you have to start running like fucking whatever CyanogenMod calls itself nowadays, right? Lineage or whatever on it. And like some other ROM once Asus decides to stop updating it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is, there is, uh, there is a market for this, uh, as we have figured out. Uh, do I, I don't know. I don't think anybody, like, I don't think these sell particularly well here. Maybe that, that's not true. Maybe it does sell somewhat, like, in, in the, in the US, in the North American market. Like, I wonder what the sales numbers are. Uh, well, I mean, where, where you, what carrier is going to sell this, right? No carrier sells them so they don't sell. No one in the US does direct. I mean, we do. We buy things online, right? Like that, but no one buys phones like that in the US. Yeah. And, and carriers are only selling like Samsung and Apple phones. Oh my god, imagine you go into like a Roger store. Firstly, I'm sorry if you do. And they have like some <laughs> they have some like rep trying to push the ROG phone on you. Oh my god, I, I, I do not want to hear a Roger store. Oh my rep. god, imagine your carrier pitch. Um I'm gonna do a fake Canadian accent. I apologize in advance, but <laughs> Okay. Howdy, eh? Do you have you thinking about enlisting in the Republic of Gamers? Join. We can add it now for a discount on your Telus contract. Oh my fuck god! I, I don't know what that accent is to me. <laughs> that's 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 uh that's Scarborough, whatever it's called. That's that's uh, Yorkshire. Bro. I don't fucking know. Yorkshire. I don't that's, know. I don't know your country. Yorkshire? I don't know your country, bro. <laughs> Yorkshire. Jesus Christ. Uh, I I I I. I, I that's 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 I don't know what like I, I don't know what that listen, is. Listen, listen, if, if I went off of Drake, all right, Toronto would be like, Yeah, bad things. That's that's how Toronto would be if I go off of a Drake song, all right. So how what am I supposed to know? Yeah. I mean I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. I think a fake accent is probably a better better idea. Uh yeah, but like I don't think this is this is like a very niche device. Like if you if you if you if you know you want it, you know you want it. Like this is one of those things I feel like it is a niche, actually a niche product. Uh, so, so, so if you've enlisted in the Republic of Gamers, please at me at at packingcounter104.social with pictures of your battle station. Oh my god. Actually, I mean, I'd love to see people with, like, no desktop setups. That's, that's, Honestly, that's fine. Mo- de- desktop setups are cool, but if you have a mobile gaming setup, like, no cap, like, real talk. Oh, yeah, like, real talk. Yeah, real talk. If you yeah, actually have a mobile gaming setup, like, I, I, I am curious to see how that works because, like, I just, I just, I have questions that don't really need answers, but I want answers for that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, like, if you're actually, like, you're hardcore, like, playing Genshin Impact. Uh, like uh, a lot on your phone and you like have a whole setup like you have maybe like a controller like a a mounting thing right like if you have a setup like i'm i'm curious because that's one of those things that you don't really see all that often uh online uh people do post pictures of their pc setup 
desktops, but not 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 their not mobile gamers. So so I'd be I'd be I'd be happy to see that. So let's talk about our last our last topic is is a little bit so um, infosec I guess where we 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 don't often talk about infosec related topics on here. I feel like uh, this is this is a this is this but this one is I feel big enough where it's it's worth I think at least mentioning is the uh, there was. Um, uh, a vulnerability in Microsoft's uh, uh, Exchange product. Uh, Exchange, okay. For those who are not aware, Exchange is the uh, Windows Server product that uh, does uh, email and calendars. I, I think calendars, yes. Uh, and I imagine contacts as well. Uh, Exchange probably does all of that. Um, so yeah, it is like a, basically like a, like if you, if you have exchange server, you're doing like email and contacts and, uh, all that shit. Uh, there was a major vulnerability in, in, in one part of exchange that would let, uh, that would let attackers gain, uh, a shell on, on, on the system, uh, like the, the, where they could run more code, uh, remotely. Uh, so it is, it was a, specifically, it was in the, Things called OWA. Uh, so it, it was exposed to the internet. Like it could, it would probably have been, uh, compromised already. Like if it was exposed, uh, in, in, in between like February 26th and March the 3rd, uh, that it, it, it it's likely that it was already compromised. Uh, and there is, uh, there are a couple articles about this. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of articles about this, but there is an article on, uh, there's a timeline that, uh, Brian Krebs over at Krebs on Security, uh, posted, right, uh, of what, what happened uh, from all the way from January all the way to now, right? Like, what was the timeline of, like, who found the attack first? Like, I, there was a company called DevCore that found the, uh, vulnerabilities, right? Uh, I reported it to Microsoft. You know, there was another company. Uh, that found attacks like uh, uh, no dobacks. So like it's it's been on like the the thing has been around a little bit. Like it it was discovered back in 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 January, but it only now has started escalating as like as as the ex- exploits have been developed. Right, like exploits that can be uh used on uh, mass by by botnet operators and um so. Like and uh, and it has been affected like the tens of thousands or even possibly like quite possibly a lot more uh, like exchange servers around the world. Um, so it's uh, it's it's not it's not a good time to be if you're like a Windows Server admin that manages Exchange. Uh, probably, I would say specifically too. This this attack really has kind of it's kind of shown that. Well, I understand it's why some businesses still do on-premise stuff for like their exchange. It honestly, it, it's a this is a really good argument for moving to have, having like a managed, you know, through Microsoft 365 or Azure, right? Yeah, a lot of them, uh, a lot, uh, a lot of people did say that. A lot of people said like Office 365 was not vulnerable uh, to this attack specifically, and yeah, I mean, for a lot of organizations, it felt like I feel like this is the time where you come to a sort of. A, it's kind of sort of like a, like a like a rec- reckoning. Like, do you still want to do on premise because because of like there? Are, I mean, there are reasons to do on premise. There's a lot of. I mean, one of the good reasons is like data regulations. Like, if you're like some sort of company that has to 
maintain data privacy. The laws, right? Like there are laws, privacy laws. Like if you're in, if you're in Europe, I would assume uh, there are some maybe some laws where you have to maintain, or maybe you're just very sensitive about where your email data is stored. Right. Uh, well, it's probably also the price thing, right? Because it depends on what you're doing. Because I, ooh, ooh, it's been a to look at the pricing. Because my a place I worked at prior, we we're moving to Azure, so I looked into like how some of it works. Where you store customer data, I think if you go to like um, where you need it to be compliant for whatever, there's a couple regulations, right? For, no, like, Microsoft financial data, yeah. they're yeah. certified for it. But I think you have to pay more in Azure, right, to get on those nodes. Like you're paying more for the server space. Microsoft, Microsoft can, Microsoft can, like, does comply, like. Uh, Corps in in Europe do use Office 365, obviously, and they they can choose to only be on European tenants, right? And never their data will never leave uh, a European data center. Uh, and uh, it's the data, like the data controller is is going to be a European subsidiary of Microsoft, right? Like it's like you, you can do that. Like that is a thing that happens. I think it's just like, more increased cost if you're for. You can, I mean, it's also that a lot of a lot of corporations like at a certain size or certain. Or their on-premise infrastructure is already like the infrastructure is already there. Like the the, the hardware is ready and and there and uh, existing, and you you have upgrade cycle and everything. So you, it feels um, like maybe you, you just want to keep investing in the in the on-premise stuff, right? Like it's it's really a decision between like is it is it really like is it gonna like how much are you gonna save ver- like moving all of it to Office three sixty five versus how much you're paying your exchange admin. Like, like, how much are you paying to maintain, uh, like year to year or like ten years, like of a of an on premise exchange server? You have to think a, a little bit long term. So it's like it's a it's a decision. But sure, I think this has probably made a lot of organizations think about you know not doing on premise. Like for sure, I think that that's probably uh, probably probably happened. Especially ones that are like kind of on the fence, like they're especially ones that are smaller smaller organizations that have on premise and they're like wait. Like, I, do I really want to maintain exchange going forward after this? Like, do I really want the hassle of... Uh... Yeah, like, you have, like, a couple thousand employees, right? Like, it maybe I don't know if it makes that much sense to have on-prem, right? But, I mean, of course, maybe larger organizations are, like, decades old, right, and have a couple hundred thousand employees on there. Okay, but it's a different story. Because that's a big effort. I imagine, actually, I imagine for one of those, Microsoft would probably have people do it for you, right? To get that, to get that Office 365 contract, I absolutely imagine they'll probably have people dedicated to working you and, like, on the sales side of it to make yes, of, it there. Yes, of course. But, yeah. um... As an aside, what it is not doing is making people who use Exchange think to themselves, damn, I should go to Linux, as many of the comments I've seen online have said. <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 this, is, this is annoying because Exchange, there is no equivalent to Exchange, really. In what do you the, mean? The, you just run your own listserv. Run your own little mail, mail yeah, server on Debian. The thing is, if you're using Exchange, you're also using Active Directory, right? And you probably have a whole system of Active Directory going on. You have you have PCs connected to your Active Directory domain. You have you have all sorts of management utility that's going on. It's an entire system. It's not it's not you don't just swap it out for something equivalent. And there, there's not much equivalent with Active Directory in the. Uh, I mean, there's LDAP, I guess, but LDAP is not the same as Active Directory. Not really. Um, so, like, it's not just you can't just swap it out, and it's not like Linux is free of vulnerabilities um, or Linux like software running on Linux is going to be free of vulnerabilities. Right? Like that's still a concern. So it's not really worth these, like it's like if you're using exchange, 
you're using Exchange. Like, that's just, like, it's not, like, impossible to switch, obviously. Like, you can do it. You can switch to something from Exchange to something a little bit more, uh, like, a lot of more moving parts with LDAP and, like, custom mail servers, uh, post-fix, God, whatever. But, like, it's it probably for most organizations, especially organizations small enough where they're like, we we are already using Exchange. Why don't, why don't we just move it to Office 365 instead? Right. Like, or yeah. they would say, fuck it, we're going to G Suite, Google Apps, Google Workspace. What I don't know what the fuck they're calling it today. It's it's Workspace now, uh, Google Workspace. But yes, like, why not? Like, why not move it to another big provider like Google Workspace, right? So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's, it's, it's a big deal for Windows Server admins at this point. Like, it's, it's a big attack. It, it, it is, uh, it is being massively exploited by, uh, various exploit, uh, Oh yeah, there's the, um, you read the story. I have to weave. I'll put it in the show notes, but, um, GitHub went ahead and like nuked the repo because someone published an entire, oh, you have it in there. Yeah. The entire, um, exploit, right? Like the proof of, the entire working proof of concepts for it was just put on GitHub and people are kind of upset that it's been taken down. Okay, so I I think people are okay. I mean, I I get being upset at GitHub for removing it, and I think GitHub should have explained why they removed it because I think why GitHub removed it was not because it is an exploit for a Microsoft product, which which is you know like that's like you, you could think of that I guess, but like I don't I don't think that's that's what why this happened. I think this is what this happened was this this is like uh, there are still a lot of vulnerable Exchange servers out there, and putting this. Uh, putting this POC publicly out here on GitHub puts it into the face of more attackers that wouldn't have have access to this. Right now, there are like st- probably state level actors who have access to a proof of concept, right? Like that's that's almost certainly the case. Uh, but like 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 uh like there's a, Hafnium is one of those like uh, groups that is like attacking like exchange servers worldwide, right? Like there are. There are like state level, state funded like like groups that are like doing attacks on on exchange servers. But putting a POC like this on on on, on GitHub means that all the script kiddies out there are not gonna have a proof of concept for for deploying putting it into Metasploit or whatever. Like it's it's not it's not it's a little bit too early for the proof of concept to exist. I think it's gonna be a little bit while before I think it's. That's also a debate. Like, is it like, is it responsible to post that proof of concept right now, or should we wait? Like, the GitHub probably decided that it's, it's it's safer to remove that right now than it is to have it be up there. Like, I I'm not like like I know people don't like GitHub anymore. Uh, but like, it's I don't think GitHub has done anything. I think GitHub the only mistake GitHub did is that they haven't been. Well, actually, GitHub did provide a statement to Motherboard. Um, they. Okay, so it says in accordance with our acceptable use policies, we disable the guest following reports that it contain proof of concept code for a recently disclosed vulnerability that is being actively exploited. Uh, so that is, I think, the key key point that it is a recently disclosed vulnerability, and there is still like a very active exploitation of it. So, so you know, probably uh, probably a little bit time needed before you can post that on a GitHub. But yeah. That's uh Yes, yeah, it's mostly about damage control, which I think is something people are missing. Yeah, like it's yeah, I know like GitHub is not like not a perfect uh, I mean obviously it's be on Pacebin, right? Obviously yeah. you can find this on Pacebin. I mean, yeah, why like if you're posting this kind of POC, like why what the fuck is it on GitHub, bro? Like what what are you doing? Wait, where's your hacker cred? Where's your hacker 
Listen, I want that shit only available. See, this is a problem. This is a problem, right? It's time for some chat app discourse. People be fucking putting the docs in a Discord server. No, 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 no. Here's how it's going to work, all right? This shit needs to be on an IRC server and not post anywhere. But once you find the server, you know where it's at. And then from there, you know, then you got to join like a mail server and it gets like emailed to you. You know what I mean? Or it's on like some random Russian paste server thing or it's in a random torrent. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. You just post it on the pirate bit uh, or something. Uh, just put, post a magnet link. on A, uh, a magnet link. And, and you call it like Avengers Endgame Director's Cut dot exe. <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah, like that's that. This is like I mean, this is there's a lot of stories around this. Uh, I, mean, I actually have a, I haven't read it yet. There is there was the uh, the it's called the, the whole ex the, the I forgot the name. The name is called Proxy Logon. The exploit is being called Proxy Logon. There is a a company called Praetorian did a like a full write up of like reproducing the whole exploit chain. I'm gonna actually put a link to that because I, I haven't read it yet, but it is. Uh, so like it's 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 a whole thing. Like if you're interested in like the details of how this exploit works and like how it what it affects like like what it affects and like how it affects what happens. Like if you want details on that, that's there is a breakdown on it. Uh, but yeah, that is the Microsoft Exchange hack. Uh, I. I am I'm, I'm very glad that I'm not a Windows server. <laughs> oh, I'm also happy I don't work. And I'm always happy in general that I don't have to support Windows at work. You know, like I'm I'm I mean macOS is macOS, but I'm still very happy that none of my job involves working with with Windows. Just because like this is this is like capital W work the work to get cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like this is all hands on deck. We're not doing anything but this until it's done. And then you have to like explain to higher ups, you know, like what to go forward. They gotta like make the argument, figure it out if you do on prem anymore. Like that's like this is your entire 2021, you know, um, sort of like deployment plan just got flipped upside yeah, down. You know, yeah. I hope I hope people like this is gonna be one of those things. If you have a, if you have a, if you have proper backups, if you have uh, if you have a disaster recovery plan, if you have. Uh, if you have like proper segmentation of your network and if you have good firewalling in place, like this is a lot of like, this is the thing. If you're a smaller organization, a lot of things often slip by the cracks. So like, it's going to be rough uh, for sure. Yeah. And as we saw with the uh, OVH stuff going on fire, disaster recovery for multiple or something or multiple reasons is something you should have. All right. The, I think we can, we can wrap, wrap this episode up. Uh, it was, it's, it's, uh... Yeah, we can, we can close this SharePoint. <laughs> uh, as all as always the show notes are going to be on uh, two shades of brown.com you can find me on mastodon at, at packet at ten forward dot social and my website com. and show us where do people find you on the on the internet yeah so um this new this this, this is an exotic quest in destiny that we have not talked about at all that everyone should go play it's uh it's very Metroid Prime esque where basically you get put on like an abandoned spaceship, you have to explore it, do some puzzles, fight some bosses, and you get a gun at the end of it. And it's and it's just something that's available with the season pass, right? There's not like any bullshit do twenty four thousand gambit quests, you know, sort of kill things. You just like go find an item on the map and then it then you talk to an NPC and then you go to the ship. And it's like a very streamlined quest. It's very fun. Very fun. I did it solo, you know, without reading any guides on it. And I had a lot of fun with it. I think it was the right amount of challenging. You know, the puzzles weren't too annoying, right? 
It was more a little more on a simple side, but I think it makes sense. You know, not any like annoying jumping puzzles, just more of like cool navigation through the ship, right? Yeah, so um, definitely should be something that y'all should check out. And when crossplay comes, I will definitely take you through it because it's going to stay in the game for the entire year. So even when crossplay comes out, oh, it'll still be there, so we can go through it. That's yeah. exciting. That, that's that sounds that sounds that sounds like fun. Um, uh, so that's that's good. Yeah, but with that, um, Josephine at Chitter XYZ, and until next week, where we finally spend four hours talking about the Switch Pro, Switch oh XL, God. and Switch XL, yeah. and new rumor Joy Cons. Uh, we'll see ya. See ya. <laughs>